0: Hey Chandler, I I really want to thank you first of all, before we get started, man, I really want to thank you because it is, um, you know, we are a small YouTube channel and for you to reach out and say, hey man, uh, let's do this. I mean, you've reached your 100K. Congratulations, by the way. Awesome. And that's that's something that I really appreciate. I don't take it for granted. It's like, hey, yo, wow, awesome. now you're doing a collab, but I really appreciate it, man.
1: Trust me, dude. I, I I've been around for a while, and you are, you're gonna, you're gonna be there, way sooner than you probably think. Like I, I <laughs> I've watched your videos for a while now, honestly, and thank you, awesome. dude. You're you got quality stuff. You take care of people, and mm. all it takes, consistently looking out for those that. Um, Need your help.
2: Mm.
0: They will. They will reward you for that. I can promise you that. Awesome, man. That that's great to hear. For some, from someone like you who's been in the game for so long, that's something that we can just uh, talk about a little bit because I'm so highly interested. It's so awesome when I can talk to somebody who's been in the YouTube game for so long and really, you're doing the grind, man. It's yeah. I, I've done my research, man. You, you, you've been on YouTube since 2009.
2: Yeah
0: my god man that's three years yeah. after youtube was founded yeah you know and, and you wow. know i just found what i guess
1: what people wanted most and I, that's that's the biggest thing man figuring out what people kind of pitch and toe you as and i hate saying that but it's the truth you're mm. finding where you fit in mm. in the big in the picture where you serve people the best mm. that's when it kind of all comes together
0: Mm. But. And th- and that's you know it's it's when I when I look at the work that you put in and you're saying it's so awesome because that resonates with me with finding your mm. spot right especially I mean it's probably that's a quote that you can put on life in general but on YouTube it's so important to see it's overly saturated so you have to really dig deep, find a niche, and then stay true to it, right?
1: Yeah. You got to figure out what – everyone's got to see the table. Just, like, not everyone knows where Mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. And when you do find it and you just kind of mash on the gas and just focus on consistency and and quality and always put, you know, your audience first. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. As a coach – and I know you know this because you got a gym. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you put your client first. A lot of times you put their interest ahead of your own Mm. and you do that on a consistent basis and show that you truly give a damn, show Mm. that you truly care. The rest just kind of takes care of itself. Mm. When you have that mindset 24 seven,
0: you're going to, you're going to find where you fit in. Mm. I like what you're saying. It's like, everybody has a seat on the table. You just have to find your place. Wow. And it takes time, man. I had to have patience. And what kind
1: of got me through the tough times was the fact that, you know, it's just, you always want to to put those that need your, your help first. Mm -hmm. And even like, I do this as a business, like full, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, it is my business. It is my job and it has to put food on the table. Mm
2: -hmm. But at
1: the end of the day, like you always have to keep in mind that you're doing this because you have a love and passion for helping people. And when you have that fundamental mindset um, it makes it easier to kind of navigate through the tough times when you are trying to find where you do fit in, where you do have that seat reserved uh, for you. So, you know, it kind of took a while, but uh, I'm finally figuring out what people want from me. Mm -hmm. And now it's my job to, to consistently provide as quality and consistent content as I can for them
0: to deliver. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: But it's been very rewarding. Um, and I, I absolutely love what I do and wouldn't trade it for the world.
0: Awesome. And you know, that's something that people have to understand, man. You've uploaded 1,494 videos, man.
1: It's crazy to think. It's crazy to think about that, but and
0: man. you know, you know what, when, when people comment, you know, um, because that's something that, that I really, inter- I'm really interested in how you deal with it. You know, when, when people comment it's when you initially start out, you set out, then these comments sometimes set you back, like, oh. And you know, one of my friends, he recently told me, he has a passion for martial arts, but then I told him, man, if you're really into, and he's really into it. I said, hey, maybe maybe start a YouTube channel or start, you know, just some social media outlet where you can maybe reach a bigger audience. And then he said, well, you know, the internet and social media, there's always so much critique happening and so much, you know, so much haters so to speak and I was like man that that comes with the territory right that that happens yeah and sometimes for a viewer who just consumes YouTube and consumes videos it's you don't you don't see that that massive grind behind it yeah and and then immediately people judge what you do which is normal that that that's that comes with the territory but they don't see behind the curtain right They don't, you know,
1: it's, I think the biggest thing is I have to remind myself because I used to get kind of all bent out of shape if someone had a negative comment, but then I remind myself, look, it's, it's probably just, they're projecting their own insecurities on you, Mm -hmm. which is true. You know, Mm -hmm. if they don't have anything better to do number one, than have some negative comment on something that you're sharing, then. Then hey, that that's more of a, a reflection on their life and their existence mm-hmm. than, than my own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have to remind myself to be a bigger person. And the other thing is reminding myself that if I'm putting myself out there, yeah, then if if it's if I don't run it through a filter and and look at the video that I'm sharing, and if there's something wrong with let's say my form, if there truly is something wrong with mm-hmm. what I'm saying or what I'm doing, then hey, that comes back on me. And that and I and I need to be um I I need to be open to coaching myself. Like I -hmm. I have videos, let's say for instance on kettlebell training where I know some of my reps aren't good reps and the form isn't as crisp as I want it to be Mm -hmm. as a technician. Mm -hmm. And if someone calls me out on that, I have two options. I can either get butt sore about it (laughs) and (laughs) you know, you know, bitch and moan. Like, oh, you're just a hater. Or I can, I, I can be honest with myself, look at myself in the mirror and say, you know mm. what, as much as I didn't like that comment, he's right. So a lot of times these days, it's more just the haters. They're just trying to get a response. And as long mm. as they're, you know, they're not being really like kind of dirty with the comments, mm. I won't block them, but you know, what? Uh, it, it, it really does. It's it comes with the territory and nine times out of 10, it's just people dealing with their own insecurities and they're just jealous. Mm. So, you remind mm. yourself of that and it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. A lot of times because you have passionate followers, they'll come to your defense for you. You don't even have to do anything. Just let them mm. you know let them feed on the
0: haters, you know? Mm-hmm. And they'll tear that, them apart. That that's something that happened in in this section. You know what what I think is also a projection because you you mentioned this idea that when somebody calls you out on in a negative way not in a constructive way because i believe constructive feedback is the yeah. reason why we grow right
2: Absolutely. And,
0: Absolutely. and i recently talked to cats kettlebell dojo she has a smaller youtube channel but she's 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 ultimately highly skilled with, with the kettlebell she said we only grow from or one big aspect of growing is communal learning so when you have you mentioned this great analogy with the table Everybody says something, and then kind of like we throw our ideas together, and then let's see what sticks, right? Or what or see? Somebody's an expert from this field. Somebody's an expert from that niche. Let's put it all together, and maybe we can build something.
2: Yeah,
0: that's that's what Kat mentioned, which I think is such an awesome uh, 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 picture of how you can really um, uh, grow as not only a YouTuber but as a coach in general. Yeah and you know you you mentioned this you're not blocking anybody you know sometimes i i had i watched a video from nick strength and power and he said sometimes folks are able to really have a really toxic effect on your comment section that Mm -hmm. other people are they scare other people off from commenting and so i had people i don't know if this happened to you but i had some folks on the channel they just, they were just, like you mentioned, maybe jealous or just mad. They continuously, just negative. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it was. They came up and they had sometimes a really bad choice of words, like really ugly is for
1: them. Yeah, Yeah, really ugly. I'll I'll block those. If you're not contributing something of value. Yeah, see that? You have to, right? You have have to to a certain degree. degree have to for the sake Mm. of the quality of your content you got to block them i'm a full believer in that like i don't want to turn anything in my comment section into like hate speech anything of that nature let's stay on subject when it comes to um the comment section but Mm. if Mm. it's constructive or if it's non-constructive there can be something positive that comes from oh yes no yes man yes so as long yes. as there's something positive that comes from it some learning um I'm I'm all for just kind of le- leaving everything up there and kind of let it let it play out as it may you know so long as it passes through that filter so long as there's some mm. learning that can be achieved there I'm open for it
0: and now that you mentioned it I sometimes learned from a really ugly comment yeah that had some nugget of truth in it yeah and I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna take that out, because that that's actually true, or that actually resonates beneath yeah. beneath the dirt, right? It's like you got to do yeah. some digging." Yeah. Wow. So, uh, another question that I want to ask you, man, is: Did you get your your play button already?
1: No, no. I, I I've been trying to figure out like how how to get that, and evidently they send you some token or uh-huh. or, or some i don't know there's something that youtube will contact you with uh that it's like a code that that you plug in and then it unlocks it and then they mail it out but no like
0: (laughs) but you got a message from youtube congratulating hey you got the 100k at least that
1: there's no like evidently it it takes a, a little bit of time for them to make sure they're legit so um There's probably like a a month waiting process. I don't know. Mm. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen any any communication from YouTube yet saying, hey, good job, man. Thanks
0: for sticking it out. Yeah. (laughs) After 1,400 videos, be like, hey, a handshake at (laughs) least. Virtual (laughs) wink, right? (laughs) Yeah. No, nothing yet. But I'm
1: sure it's just one of those, you know, it it kind of, it takes time for them to do some vetting and then once they realize it's legit they'll they'll send some correspondence and get your contact and and, you know contact information but Mm. yeah it's um i'm looking forward to that it's it's yeah you know it's It's a a good attaboy
0: Mm. Uh, Mm. and and even you know i think it's maybe a process that not everybody goes through the same probably because i see some channels with a half a million subs, no check mark, no no nothing, and then you see others they immediately reach the 100k. It's like boom, they they immediately get everything verified and stuff. It, it's I, well, probably the process not the same for everybody, but who knows, who knows man. But everyone, everyone tries to figure out the the algorithm and all that
1: stuff. I, I focus on what I can focus on. That is putting out content that I can. You know, put a, a check mark on as far as what I think is quality and and what I think helps people put together their own you know training routines that will get them the results that they're particularly looking for. Mm. That's all I can control. Mm. I can't control anything on the back end. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I tell people all the time when like back when I didn't really have many viewers, I can't control people that hit subscribe. All I can control is putting out quality content. And I'm not concerned about the subscribers I don't have. I'm concerned about giving everything I can to the subscribers that I do have. I mm-hmm. think if more people focused on that, they'd do the things, they'd follow the process that actually, you know, 100% will yield more of the growth that they're looking for mm-hmm. with their YouTube channel and, or, mm-hmm. or with their business in general. You know, mm-hmm. Focus on the people that you do have, not necessarily the ones yeah. that you don't.
0: And it's so easy to get distracted by these numbers, man. When,
1: yeah, it is. When
0: checking out the, the analytics app, you're like, wow. Then you have one video that really takes off. Yeah. Then, you, you know what? I, I wonder if, it, if you feel the same. You have one video that takes off. And then YouTube started this system in, in the app where it's like the top 10 videos where your latest video compares to the recent ones. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as one video doesn't really land, it's like on place five or six or seven, you automatically like, okay, I gotta next time I got to do something to really, these thoughts, it's crazy. And I wonder, do you feel the same? It's like- <laughs> And obviously what, what happens
1: is you try, as a business person, you try to figure out you look at the videos that you post that have the most views mm. as a, as, as the, the head guy on the YouTube channel, like you figure out what is it about this video that really hit? And you try to kind of dissect it and figure mm-hmm. out what is is the title, the thumbnail, the content mm-hmm. of the video, the mm-hmm. length of it, what, what is it that you're doing in this particular video that made it pop? And every time you try to do a deep dive into one of those and put Put out something that you think is gonna you know kind of replicate the success of that one video it always just kind of like falls in line <laughs> so who yeah. the hell knows yeah you yeah. know and yeah. i like i tell you the real frustrating thing is when you have a video that you think is just been like oh man oh yeah i'm not sure if i should have just posted that it just doesn't look good and that's the video that takes that off lives.
0: and, everybody-
1: and i like, dude i don't want that to be the the big representation of that's of the
0: me. standard right Dude, And then it, it, it never fails never people, fail. yeah people hold you to that standard they're like oh that one video and like, yep. god man that's that's yep. not a good video but the algorithm gods they they yep. took it and i love what you said there it's like man you try to dissect it, you try to pick it apart, you try to pick the right thumbnail, the right title and all these videos about how to create a viral video and you go mad down that rabbit hole then you're like wow I got it all together then you release it and it doesn't perform. Yeah. I mean that it's, it's. I like what you said there as well Is with that circle of control that I sometimes have to really pull myself back in. It's like man I cannot control if this video really really takes off the only thing that i can control is focus on delivering what i believe is great content and and, and you said it not not forgetting the passion which yeah. is so easy to get lost when it becomes a business and you make money off of it right
1: yep 100 man it's like i said like there's so many stressors in life so many people and you, you're you're a business guy so you get it. As a business guy, you're the like you're the head. You try to focus on just being that, not necessarily control freak, but you have to have control of, of so many things. And what happens is you, you focus on so many of those things that you really lose sight of the fact that there are so many other things that you can't control. So, mm-hmm. like dude, don't don't get stressed about those things that you truly have no control over. Focus on what you do have control of. And what you do have control of is the quality of your coaching, the quality of your content, and the mm. consistency of those two. And that's, at the end of the day, all you can really do with your business. Mm. Consistently, you know, share the things that mm. will help those that your viewers are looking for. And everything outside of that, the the amount of views that they get, or the amount of subscribers you get off of them, you have zero say in that. Yeah have zero saying yeah. that all you can control is that consistent quality mm. and that's it like when you kind of you accept that and you just mash on the gas and move forward with what you do have control of it has a, a, an ability to kind of bring you that peace of mind and mm. ultimately what happens after that is the things that do actually get you results will mm. come over time mm-hmm. when you mm. follow that process Mm -hmm. Show up daily for them. Give them what they need. Show that you truly give a damn about them. So many people are chasing chasing results with their YouTube channel, let's say, or with their business in general, that they lose sight of what they're really there for. They're there for helping people. Mm. And if that gets lost in the mix, if people get the sense that you're more self-serving than serving Mm. them, that comes across especially in video yeah in video right It people see through it man you can, you it, can, man. Fake, it's, you can man. fake it in static stuff but video if you're insincere they're gonna pick up on it and they're not gonna they're not gonna give a damn mm.
0: they're not mm. you know? so yeah you know, the, the, I'm, not
1: the, a big, I'm a big believer in just you know kind of just showing up consistently and and making sure that you can sign off on what you're sharing with them Make sure it's not trash, Just not not something you're rushing up there just to get mm. views. Mm, a word up, man. Do some do something that serves them, that solves one of their many problems. Mm. You do that, you, you solve problems for them. Do it on a consistent basis. Show that you care. Just do that, and the rest will take care of itself.
0: And stay patient, right? And-
1: yeah, you gotta stay patient. Mm. You know.
0: And I see, you know, patience is one of those big keys you know everything that we just talked about you could just we could just switch the topic to weight loss getting stronger uh getting better with training with kettlebells technique wise it's because what you're saying is actually what dan john is saying in 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 a very awesome quote he's he he says there's two secrets to success the first one is to show up and the second one is to keep going yeah. And most people don't keep going.
1: Yeah, they're These the days, especially, I feel like people are impatient. We live in a society where everything can be attained so very quickly because of, let's say, the internet. Mm. Um, that people will not have the patience to kind of be dragged through the mud and figure out, you know, problems that exist. Like, dude, like you, you know, in business, not everything's going to run smoothly, and if you just fold up and quit when the second there's a problem dude like Mm. come on you got to have some patience you got to be willing to hunker down work hard and problem solve during those tough times but when you do it's going to make it that much sweeter when you do finally get to where you want to be so few people have that resilience Mm. and the willingness to be disciplined and work hard to get to that ideal outcome they're so focused on that outcome, they don't really focus on the things that truly move the chains in the right direction. That is following the process, like he said, like Dan said, t- like showing up daily,
0: just showing up. That's it. Yeah. You know, and you know what's crazy is it boils down to these easy, uh, easy to say principles. It's like you mentioned this now with showing up, like Dan John says, and just. Uh, you said it so wonderfully, like the chains that move into that direction, not the outcome in itself, because if you keep pulling on those chains, you will get there. And I love uh, Precision Nutrition puts it that way. They say, focus on building habits and the goal and the results will follow. But if we focus on the results, we might lose track uh, on the habits. And and that's what gives you Mm -hmm. the result, right? And in business, uh, some I, I heard a great quote, I can't remember where I got it from, but he said, when it comes to business, one of the most fundamental things is to just stay in the game. Because if you stay in the game and and your doors are still open, you're still able to pay the, pay the bills. Maybe you had some downtime, maybe it wasn't a very good month, but you're still in business. So that means if you're still in business and you stay in the game, there's always a chance of winning at the end of the day. But if you're out of the game, no more winning. Man. I've uh, there's, there's only
1: so many ways to fail. I'll eventually <laughs> figure out how to succeed and I can yes, just yes. You know, manage to not quit. Yes, you just manage to not quit. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna find your way. You just can't quit. That's and it's so cliche. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say this. It sounds so cliche. Yeah, like I I always tell people, success is is very very simple. It's just not easy. You know, it's it's as simple as just showing up daily, constantly providing, like I said, you know, simple solutions for your Mm. clientele showing you care and just showing up daily it's not always going to be an easy day though Mm. there's a difference between simple and easy simple is it only takes a couple steps focus on those steps and you're going to be good but easy is the fact that sometimes like it it just feels like the world's against you Mm. and there's going to be obstacles along the way Mm. but you got to navigate around those Mm. navigate around those because you know deep down you're passionate about doing what you're doing and that passion you know needs to to shine through your Mm. your words and your actions Mm. and at the end of the day like dude you know like what's better than having someone show up at your gym being desperate for for results that they know will enrich their lives and managing to get them to stay with it long enough to see those Mm. results and then Mm. Like it's it's life changing for them. It it, it, that you owe it to the the, your knowledge of training. You owe it to them and society in general to share with them the process for them to achieve what they want to achieve. You
0: you mentioned yeah, man. You mentioned
1: as coaches, we lose sight of that, and it's sad because there are some of the some of the best, smartest coaches out there, best communicators smartest guys like they unfortunately have to fold shop because they aren't able to kind of see it through and that's sad to me it really is because unfortunately with with the internet the way it is right now a lot of it seems like the the trash kind of floats to the top and that's, Mm. that's terrible so like if i could give anybody a message out there it's just to kind of see things through and remember who you're doing it for you know that's that's the big thing you remember why you're doing it remember who you're doing it for mm. and just stick to it man don't quit you'll eventually you know, get to where you want to be the cream aisle, you know the cream always rises to the top but mm. you owe it to those um that need your help the most to see it through during those dark times mm. everyone goes to those dark times everyone
2: mm.
1: no one just falls into success they they have to climb you know that's the truth
0: and when you go through these dark times, sometimes it's isolating that you think I'm the only one Yeah, that goes through it, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, in my life, what I have seen is, you mentioned this cliche-like thinking or this cliche-like saying that, you know, I love it. Success is simple, but it's not easy, right? And it sounds so cliche to keep going. Just show up and keep going. Okay, well I do it, but it doesn't work. So in my life, what I found out is sometimes you maybe have to quit if you realize that where you're going will end you, will, won't end you up anywhere. You, you won't end up anywhere with the trajectory that you have chosen to embark on. You're like, I go down this route but you have the wrong navigation or the wrong map. So maybe sometimes you have to come to a full stop and realize, well, maybe, and that's what the entrepreneur or business people are are good at, those yeah. that really make it adjust. Yeah. All right. Listen to what well, the well, market have, is saying.
1: You have to have the humility. Um, you oh, have to be humility. humble to, to really kind of reflect, reflect on, on what you're doing. Um, is it helping? Do I need to kind of, shift paradigm or or what 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 can I do to best serve those that need me the most Um, for me for quite some time I thought that where I fit in the mix was was um, strictly kind of sports specific training um, like with power athletes and doing it with the traditional strength and conditioning model of barbells dumbbells, body weights, odd object training, plyometrics, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And I do like, although I do still stand by that, that training and the videos that I shared um, in that niche, it just wasn't something that I guess resonated with enough people to to kind of um, definitely business wise kind of float the boat. So what I did honestly is kind of took all the functional understanding of of um training from that niche and kind of transferred it into kettlebell training you know kettlebell training especially where i was in my life um it was a perfect fit you know because i knew i didn't i didn't have the ability anymore because of my newborn at the time Mm. to drive 45 minutes to the gym that i was training at Mm another hour and a half to two hours training there and then fight traffic on the way back home. Mm. It wasn't fair for my wife, it wasn't Mm. fair to my child, Mm. and um, it wasn't fair to myself to be that selfish of a person knowing the fact that I wanted to be a very present and good father. So the simplest measure was to kind of transfer all the knowledge that I had from powerlifting, Olympic lifting, strongman, old school bodybuilding training and and kind of carry that over into um a, a model of, of a variant of, of resistance training kettlebell training that could kind of bridge that gap and do so at home so that's kind of how I got into you know kind of deeper into kettlebell training it was, it was essentially a necessity
0: I just uh, wanted to say necessity uh, yeah, right yeah, yeah.
1: but it's it's yeah I kind of fell into it you yeah. know wow but I, I dude I, I absolutely love it now. I feel better, like as, as a person, as well as,
0: um, just physically, you
1: know. So everything is kind of falling in place.
0: You know that, uh, that speaks of character. That's you know that's deep stuff. When when people say, um. It's not about me now. It's not right. It doesn't sit right with me, with my wife and with my child if I'm away for so long, I mean, a lot of people were like, well, that's my lifestyle. I don't care what happens, I'll stick to it, right? But to put family first, this actually then led to, the, to that way that you're on now, that is now actually your niche. So that, it's beautiful, isn't it? That it came, you, you sacrificed, I mean, you probably love your time in the gym, right? I mean.
1: Yeah, absolutely, dude, I'm a meathead at heart. I love it. And you know, I feel like yeah. I don't get to do that type of lifting as much any longer. But when I whenever I do have extra time, instead of like a 30-minute session, I've got like an hour to kind of toy around. And yeah, I love, you know, getting the the uh, the log out, you know, the different specialty bars, you know, sandbags, some of the, the crazier, more fun um more demanding I like it. You, you say more
0: more fun. A log yeah. is have, I tried I tried log lifting once, and damn, you know I, I'm a lightweight dude. I'm 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 probably a complete opposite of, of, of you. So, with me, uh, what resonates is more. I like. I have to put it right. I I come from the typical hypertrophy background with split training and gym and everything and machines and barbells dumbbells love it right good stuff, and with kettlebells this more skill transfer way of training with a higher skill transfer with more technique more skill that's something that i really admire and i also feel like wow this is where i connect because i'm i'm in between sport and heart style that's why i'm coining this term hybrid which i believe steve Carter with the ikff is one of the first who came up with this hybrid idea and this resonates with me because i never was really ultra strong and i'm not big from by nature right so you i like you say it's the meathead idea and i would i would coin it strongman right it's yeah. more strongman type of it's very strong man based mm. you know mm. um
1: it's i i dude it's at the end of the day you can call whatever you want ultimately it's using kettlebells to to build strength and and try to lean up and, mm-hmm. and ideally hopefully you can you know while doing these more fundamental movements properly, you can improve your mobility as well, Mm -hmm. you know? But uh, at the end of the day, I'm working with guys that kind of fit into the same um, bracket as me. They're kind of transitioning from, you know, being more self-serving with their time to having to have a a greater balance within their lives, whether that be business uh, or business and the family, you know that that's what really kind of resonated with me with the kettlebell training it allowed mm. like, like training economy was through the roof and and the mm. fact that i could do it at home and not miss a beat made it even better
0: Well, can, can you just can you just elaborate sorry if i interrupt can you inter? i love this term elaborate on training economy what what do you mean by that
1: at the end of the day man you're getting so much out of the fundamental movements that you're doing with kettlebells in such little time, you know, I, it's, if I have one minute to train, here's how I always looked at it. If I have one minute to train, am I going to get more done, put my body through more positive quality stress that I need to achieve my goals through doing, let's say a kettlebell swing or any of the fundamental kettlebell movements or a barbell curl, not to knock a barbell curl. It yeah, has, like I mean, yeah, it, it's a good, it, it's a good movement for yes. for the people trying to, to achieve what they want with that yes. yes. But the training economy, the, the idea that you're getting more of the quality goal specific stress that you need from that kettlebell movement, than that one minute, let's say of doing as many curls as you can with any given weight, mm. that, Wow. led me to believe that given the fact that my limiting factor with workouts was gonna be time, it made it a no brainer. It was a simple mathematical equation. Mm-hmm. Benefits cost. Like I, I'm getting more done in the small amount of time that I'm offered or, or offering myself wow. um with that kettlebell training than I am with the you know the the, the kind of powerlifting strongman and bodybuilding model that I was following. Mm. So it's it was a no brainer for me, man, and mm. a lot of people. I'm realizing a lot of guys like myself in my age bracket, and uh, with their lifestyles, it, it's it's becoming more evident to them mm. that this is a better fit.
0: Mm. Because so, it still gives you so much bang for your yeah, buck, right? It's it's, it's, it's that's
1: fantastic, you said it best. It's the best bang for your buck.
0: Mm. That's it, and and you know cat called called this skill transfer and now you are calling it training economy this so so awesome descriptions of the same concept and um, because as cat she made a great blog post about bodybuilding and kettlebells and i just got a, a message earlier from somebody on instagram who asked me the same question that cat was elaborating in that blog post and cat was saying she got the question can i keep that same muscle if I'm switching from bodybuilding to kettlebells. And then she said, no, out of one reason. When you follow, and I'd like to have your opinion on it. When I follow kettlebell training, then I like how she turned it. She says, form follows function. But when I engage in bodybuilding, function, follows form so I believe and I'm on that same side as well because I believe kettlebells are not the best tools for hypertrophy only and I saw that you follow Brad Schoenfeld the hypertrophy doc so I don't think when when you listen to what he's saying and I'm digressing a little bit but I really uh, I, I, I want your opinion on it he says 10 plus sets per major muscle group for hypertrophy work, yes. And now that I have transitioned and took a deep dive into kettlebells, which by the way, I won't let go because I'm so hooked on it now, is it is just a different spectrum. Training economy goes to the roof, like you said. The skill transfer is way higher if somebody does a leg extension and then goes into BJJ and here comes somebody who does kettlebell swings and goes into BJJ, we would probably agree that the guy who does kettlebell swings has a greater skill transfer, right? (laughs) And hypertrophy only, muscle growth only is maybe something that we're focused on when we are a little younger or if we really are just that bodybuilding mentality and keep it a lifelong, like Mm -hmm. Michael Hearn, for example, or other folks. But what is your opinion on this bodybuilding, kettlebells, dumbbells? What is your take on that notion and what I I just said?
1: Obviously, like, look, I'm not going to pick a fight with with bodybuilding in general. I think everything, you have to look at it as being goal-specific with the way you Mm -hmm. train and the way Mm -hmm. you eat, all right? Mm -hmm. So obviously, if I'm, let's say, talking with a new client and figuring out what their goals are, um if if their diet and training will be better and more conducive to traditional bodybuilding style training and dieting then obviously that's going to be the best fit for them i'm not going to try to force a a square peg into a round hole by Mm. force feeding them kettlebell training that is more suited for someone with my goals all right Mm. so Mm. um if, if someone's asking me can i build muscle with kettlebell training then i will say yes
2: yes yes.
1: it might not be traditional kettlebell training that you might see um a lot on online but i mean hypertrophy comes down to what it comes down to giving your body the intelligent goal specific stress that your body needs Mm -hmm. in conjunction with the diet that it needs Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I I like to keep things as simple as possible. So Mm. in Mm. order to build muscle in conjunction with that, that stress from training, from resistance training, you have to have a quality caloric surplus, right? So that can be achieved Mm -hmm. with, you know, and that can be definitely achieved with kettlebell training.
2: Mm.
1: Now, is it more in line with, or is it better to, to, or easier rather to to utilize dumbbells, barbells, uh, whatever else more traditional bodybuilding style work. I mean, look to me, I don't want to say resistance is resistance because there are definitely benefits that the kettlebell offers that dumbbells, barbells, machines, and odd objects Mm. um, don't offer. But Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the day, like if your goal is to build muscle, if you're asking me point Blake, can you do it with kettlebells? The answer is yes. Mm. Doesn't that doesn't necessarily mm. mean that that's the best tool for yes, the job.
0: That yeah, and that's, no? that's 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 what I said as well. And that's yeah. what 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 cat was referring to because if a bodybuilder is telling you or is asking you, "Hey coach, can I keep that same muscle with kettlebells?" Then my I would gravitate to say Well, you will still build muscle but if you want to keep that man's physique body and let's put nutrition everything aside that's a different topic you're definitely right on this but just with the tool of training then i would say well the kettlebell is a full body tool in most cases yes you can do curls with it even though it's a little off because of, of gravity and weight distribution but yes the, the kettlebell is still a different tool so it's yeah. you probably have to keep that mix in, in in mind if you really want to keep that quality muscle but engaging kettlebells then i like what you say then you have to ask well what is your goal do you want to keep your muscle stay with stay with machines stay yeah. with uh dumbbells it's it's the best tool for the job right yeah. and you mentioned uh, i wanted to ask what is your conclusion on your background in strength and conditioning with barbells, dumbbells, and now putting it in perspective with kettlebells, do you see, where's the big difference? Where's the results based? Because just as a side note, my, uh, the way I see it is, we mentioned, already talked about it, right tool for the job. You'll get the strongest if you use barbells, you can incrementally load them, right? So. What is your take on it, including your perspective, putting it into kettlebells, your conclusion?
1: Mike, uh, here's so much of, of my whole process of how I kind of got to where I am today lends itself to the functional understanding of how to use weights to achieve an ideal you know, uh, outcome, right? So, mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking throughout that whole process of when I was in school and learning about the energy systems, the metabolic pathways, you know, um, and how, and how force vectors and biomechanics, anatomy, physiology, how that went into um, the ideal outcome that we have, you know? So I wasn't thinking about whether the barbell, the dumbbell, the the kettlebell or anything else, would be most ideal i was thinking about those things in particular the science behind it Mm -hmm. and it just so happened at that time when i was in college um my my kind of transition through the different types of training i started like most do with old school bodybuilding so just Mm -hmm. a lot of time under tension Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know working with kind of compound movements Mm -hmm. as we were told you know Mm -hmm. your your bench press your overhead press
2: squat,
1: deadlift yeah yeah like just focusing on the three yeah. Mm. yeah yeah the simple movements and mm. um i didn't know it at the time but i was building a solid foundation there so the the skeletal muscle that i built through that um obviously it helped kind of when in when i then transferred my focus into more instead of aesthetic based uh lifting more mm. performance based mm. right so that the the work capacity and the skeletal muscle um and the tendon strength that i built over time from that more hypertrophy based training like the old school bodybuilding model um allowed for helped with my transfer into power lifting olympic Mm. lifting and the strongman that i was doing then that was more performance based Mm. and then as i transferred um into that mindset, focusing most you know, dominantly on the idea of ideal, you know, performance, you know, focusing more on just form and understanding how to breathe, understanding mm. how to brace, mm. the importance of mm. neutral spine, um, mm. keeping your joints um in order, like mm. uh just everything that leads to a good lift. Mm. <laughs> that played a big part in in my then transfer into uh the kettlebell training you know it's got a lot of um a lot of the principles carry over you know for whatever you're lifting obviously yeah. Yeah. W- with with the, the kettlebell training like my big three the, the big the big cues that i always preach people are like number one keep your core tight number two keep your joints stacked and three um i kind of lost my turn. like keep your shoulders packed so if you follow those those three cues Nine times out of 10, the rest kind of takes care of itself, Mm. right? As far as form goes. Mm. Obviously, there's more technical aspects of it, but the biggest cues Mm. fall into those three tips. And I took those directly from my time in powerlifting and a lot of the strongman training that I was doing. So I kind of look at everything as as kind of building on itself.
2: Mm. You
1: know, I I, I can honestly look at – your kettlebell training videos and tell you like you are far more of a technician like your Mm. form i can just look at your mechanics and you are the model of efficiency Mm. guys like yourself like i mean that that's the most that i can learn from someone like you Mm. is how you kind of just everything like your everything is crisp Mm. and when form is crisp movements become effortless while mm-hmm. being powerful right wow oh, so that's, that, that, that's you, a t-shirt quote man, yeah, man. <laughs> you see it like in the olympics awesome. right now with like weightlifting wow what do you take from them they're the model of efficiency wow. with like let's say their snatch so oh. they're able to, because of their efficiency and their movement make like wow. heavy heavy weights yeah, yeah. look extremely light so like the, there's obviously some carryover from that aspect of training, which is a different model, but kind of the same. You're, you're explosively moving a weight overhead there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do it. And when you're doing it the efficient way, Mm -hmm. being a technician with your form, then you can make very impressive lifts look Mm -hmm. very relatively easy for you. Even though, you know, they're not Mm -hmm. while you're doing them, they, they look that way. So there's a lot of carryover. I do believe from different um, variants or medians of, of resistance training into kettlebell training, wow. which made it for me at least. I wouldn't say a relatively easy transition, but it it made sense to me. You know, a lot of the same cues that I was using in my my um, strongman training and and powerlifting days carried over very well mm. to the the kettlebell training itself or at least for how i typically um train with kettlebells
0: you're just confirming to me that based upon the journey that you went through you are confirming the concept that that they all complement each other they do And, and and sometimes we fall into that trap of tribalism and that's something where i made that video about mark ripto from starting strength, which is a, a legend in and all by himself. I've learned so incredibly much through his book. It's it's when I look at the basic barbell training, that book, it's, it's so, so many, so much stuff is yellow. I can't even, I can't even go through the book with a clear mind anymore because I have so many colors in there. And I've learned so, so much from this man when it comes to the lifting. For example, he beautifully this puts on display the back and the front squat, right? A low bar squat where your hip is back, where where you have an open knee angle, a closed hip angle, uh, a, a larger back angle, then hips back, weights behind you. you. That's the back squat. Now, weight in front of you changes the biomechanics completely. And what is a goblet squat? You have weight in front of you. So how should we biomechanically engage with it? Well, according to the definition of a front squat. And I see so many people grabbing the weight in front of them, the kettlebell, engaging in the mechanism of a back squat, and then they feel it in their low back only. Yeah. So, so I've learned so much from this man, from Mark Ripto. And then I was a little bit, you know, not in shock, but I was like, well, that's sad that he bashed his kettlebells and that's where uh this 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 idea happened that folks came up like well barbell is king well of course the barbell is king when it comes to maximum strength of course but you won't take your barbell home with you incrementally load them in your bedroom when the gym is closed yeah because of the pandemic so what you gonna do (laughs) right so it's different tools for the job so you're just confirming this based upon your journey that you have with this experience you're now seeing wow these models they actually work with each other which is such a beautiful thing right
1: it do man you know it's frustrating to see people i think it's because people want to see or people want to know like what's the what's the best thing for me yeah the best thing like it's not that I I don't want to ever demonize barbell training, dumbbell training, or anything that's not kettlebell training. Yeah, yeah. I think like yeah. so many like people get so defensive. Mm. Um, they, they mm. forget that everything has like, I, I look at it like a toolbox. You know, it is is a hammer a piece of shit because it can't screw in a screw? <laughs> no, it's just not the right. Like, no, it's yeah. like everything has its place. No mm. one's saying that the barbell is trash. No one's saying the dumbbell is trash, and and for for people that and the other end, like if you are one hundred percent a kettlebell guy, you can't possibly justify kettlebells as the the best tool for maximal strength. I'm no. sorry, like, yeah, I, I love kettlebell it, training, but like I can tell you right now, like since I've been kettlebell training pretty exclusively. I have noticed a little dip obviously in maximal strength and maximal explosiveness because when i was when i was Mm. and not not a a marked decrease but it's there Mm. Mm. and when i was doing max effort work and dynamic effort work with my barbell training because i was i was a big conjugate guy and i still love the conjugate system like Mm. louis simmons west Mm. side barbell barbell. dude like that Mm. that was my model i basically tied in that with um, uh, some old school bodybuilding, just like high high volume, high time under tension work. I kind of, it basically kind of like, if you want to call it something like kind of conjugate bodybuilding, if you mm. will. Mm. But I, I've noticed um, a slight decrease in explosiveness, overall speed, power, and maximal strength since I um, haven't prioritized that as much as my, my kettlebell training. That's hmm. not a knock kettlebell training, all right. Nice. So like I, it's, everything has, everything fits, you know, somewhere on the plate. You just have to kind of, you know, utilize it yeah. to best.
0: Well, you know, where I see, for example, a difference is when I look at Luca from Hardstyle Kettlebell Pro, uh, which I've gotten some great coaching from in the Hardstyle Philosophy when I saw him perform explosively, whether it was a drill or whether it's his form with the kettlebell, I was like, dude, the velocity, the speed your muscles are contracting is out of this world. He's so fast because he's exclusively focuses on that concept of hard style training, which I believe does add to the explosiveness, and oh, and and another another aspect that I also saw when I compare him with Denis Vazilev, for example, the 11 time world champion, who lifts ninety reps long cycle with two thirty twos and doesn't put it down for ten minutes, which is I mean that's that's nuts, man,
2: that's
0: and not human. it's it's inhuman. I don't know how is he done, and he looks he and he, he is. I love that you mentioned that I look like a technician because I base my idea of training the way I wanna look on him. Because yeah. he is a surgeon, he's a precision artist. And I, when I watch his videos, that's, that's the way how he engages with it. Yeah. And he had so these great inputs, for example, he said, well, one of the things where I believe kettlebells may help a deadlift guy or a, a powerlifter is when you go into full extension, you always, work your ligaments your soft tissues you use you, you strengthen your connective tissues in a way that could benefit you with your one rep max when you go on a deadlift right but if you don't train according to wanting to reach a one rep max with a deadlift the kettlebell won't get you anywhere yeah. you'll never be able to pull off a a a 500 kilo deadlift like Eddie Hall with kettlebells. It's impossible. But that, and I love love how you say that we don't knock kettlebells for this. So the best way that, and i will talked to Dan John about this, the best way to get strong, maximum, maximum is barbells. Yes. But other people want to get strong in a different way, not maximum strong, but like you said, they want to get strong. They have a family. They want to take care of them. They don't want to st- be stuck in traffic, but they don't want to lose their strength gains that they were able to make in the gym, right? So it's man, it's the right tool for the job.
1: And you know, honestly, what 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 got me into kettlebell training was I knew there was benefit from the move. Like if you look at deadlifts, it's a it's a it's a hip hinge movement, right? So you have to have good hip extension, powerful yeah. hip extension, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the swing, because when I started with kettlebells, that's all I really did, like swings. I, I do um, single arm, double kettlebell, double hand. I did a lot of banded swings to work mm, on that's tough, powerful, powerful, mm. powerful hip extension there. Yeah, yeah. Like Overspeed training as, you know. Like,
0: yeah, where well, you are really so pulling
1: them down. But that band tension pulling you down, that yeah. helps with that explosiveness from the yeah. hips. And obviously, you, you know, the accommodated resistance at the top you got to be able to drive those hips through that powerful Mm. glute um, hamstrings. And obviously um, that, that pillar of strength in your core. um, That's really where in the beginning of my kettlebell training journey, if you want to call it a journey, um, that's where kettlebell training fit in. It was a weak point training tool. So although, Mm. like you said, the barbell was the main event for developing that maximal strength, the kettlebells, played a pivotal role mm. in developing the weak strength, weak point strength to help facilitate the strength mm. gains in that barbell, play, mm. like that, that barbell uh, movement itself. So mm. they all kind of fit together, you know, and any good power lifter or Olympic lifter will tell you that it's not necessarily just a barbell getting you strong. It's the weak point strength that you're developing
2: yeah. wow. in
1: the movements after that core lift is completed in any training day because like you said like like you're only as strong as your weakest link and with powerlifting it's it's you like you have to make it a habit of obviously being a technician with your form like mm-hmm. any type of barbell training or even kettlebell training mm-hmm. if you're in you know competition but you have to be able to identify why you're failing let's say on your one rep max mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you fail in any point in any type of the three lifts is going to tell you what you need to work on strength wise.
2: Mm.
1: So obviously, you know, form, if your form is off, then you I mean a good coach will tell you, you know, good cues to kind of coach you through that, mm-hmm. but a lot of times it's just a matter of you you bit off more than you can chew and you need to build strength in that particular muscle mm. to help facilitate you getting past that weak point, that that breaking point um that prevents you from lifting that particular weight. And a lot of the work done in powerlifting is building that weak point strength. And that is where um, I found kettlebell training to fit in, in conjunction to, or in addition to, um, you know, the, the more barbell specific type training. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, for, for someone to tell you that kettlebell training can't fit in to a more traditional bodybuilding or not necessarily bodybuilding as much as as like, powerlifting, powerlifting yeah. or mm. strongman oh, strongman or stuff olympic yep. lifting mm. they're full of it man like mm. kettlebell training definitely has its um like its place at the table when it comes to developing overall strength speed explosiveness and work capacity
2: mm. you no know, mm. the conditioning
1: yeah. aspect of kettlebell training wow. you can do ballistic movements and have like for for volume you can't do that with
0: barbell no you can't even do it with a CrossFit, dumbbell. You won't you know.
1: CrossFit injuries, you know, have yeah. had with that. You know? <laughs> yes. So like you can do a lot of ballistic work, a lot of swings, mm. which is a very powerful movement if done correctly mm. for a high amount of reps and not put yourself in nearly as compromising a situation mm-hmm. as if you did it with a barbell. Yes. Kettlebell, kettlebells are very forgiving. That's what I've noticed about kettlebell training. Um, since I've made the transition to doing it more Mm. exclusively, is they're very forgiving um, when, as you kind of get fatigued and are still trying to knock out more reps. Mm -hmm. It's not very forgiving when you're doing it with high volume and barbells.
0: And I think that's the reason why Pavel and why the Heartstyle guys are so keen on saying always respect the weight and treat the kettlebell like it's always loaded, because when you work with a 16, you're like, well, okay, missed that one. It's okay. But you still you still wanna, because somebody asked me recently about about weights and then we had a small conversation. And I was like, listen, doesn't matter. Or I, or I said it in a video, I think. Doesn't matter if it is a 16, 20, 40, 48 or an eight kilo. I always respect it the same way. That's That's just basic because I love what you say, it's forgiving, but that doesn't give you a free pass to just mess up your form. Because it's like, well, who cares? It's only eight kilo, only 12 kilo, right? And wow, you said the weakest link in the chain when it comes to powerlifting, Ed Cohn, he said it in a recent podcast with Squat University. He said, well, because what is your winning formula? And he said, well, I focused on getting everything strong in my body that's like wow because what you're now saying this this statement just popped into my head it's like in one sentence get everything strong yeah and that's what made him who he is now and or uh, 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 these achievements and if if i may pivot back a little bit about these olympics um that we're seeing now i i saw Lu young i follow him on on social he's one of the best, I, don't, I think he's 80 kilos, a little bit above my weight uh, weight class, if I would compete, and uh, I think he snatched 187 something, and yeah, I think it was 187. And so I love what they do on Instagram on Li Xiaoyun's Instagram, the Chinese guy. They they have first they have the lift, and then in the second slide you see it in slow motion. So they had the snatch in slow motion from the side and you mentioned technique and precision and working explosively and forcefully to make the lift look easy and to work with maximum capacity and efficiency. So you see the guy pulls it up and you see in the slow motion how the weight actually really gets grabbed by the inertia phase how it is how it stands still for a split second and that's the moment where he goes under the bar that was so impressive because you see that weight floating up and then it stops and then he gets his arms around it and it look it looked so beautiful man and that's that con that that concept of being efficient with with your energy that's what i'm focusing on as well which makes a lot of fun and it's powerful. It is. It's, it's. It's amazing, especially at
1: that level. Like yeah. to do what they're doing, and it's not just like it's. It's not just their ability to produce a tremendous amount of force mm. and do so at a freakish rate. It's the positions they're able to put themselves in, the mobility <laughs> that they have. Like if. They make it look so easy to where most people, I feel like like a, like they can look at it on TV and be like, Oh, I could do that. No, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> no.
0: Impossible, <laughs> you, bro. You,
1: I, I, Forget how it. How many people you know today can even do like an overhead squat? Yeah, hell, I,
0: I struggle <laughs> with like a, an overhead squat. And even with without squat. weights. Yeah. No, hey, we, we have clients. No weights. Just put your arms up. Go down into a squat. The body folds. Arms yep. fall down. Man, that's no weights, man.
1: And now, now imagine doing it with a couple hundred pounds overhead. Get out of here. This, is, this
0: is insane. <laughs> and, and you know, one, one other thing that I would like to add is they have the, this crazy amount of force production, the rate at, at, at what these muscle fibers are firing, the technique that they bring with it, and then they have to do it on a given day.
1: I mean, station, man. That like the, the thing that they're not just wait. They're not half in like their approach to it. This they are peaking at a design time. The, yeah. Their cycles are yeah, like their their macro cycle is it's 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 got to be in a, obviously like a four
0: four year phase. It has to be right. I mean, mm-hmm. with the Olympics, I, yeah yeah I mean maybe they have some competitions that they that yeah, they choose yeah. to engage in, but I think always the cycles are always I like what you say that I believe the cycles are built okay we're starting on this date this yep. day we're starting so that you will peak on competition day. I believe it's meticulously planned yep. it has to be oh yeah, one hundred percent
1: one hundred percent it's the organization and and whatnot that goes into designing the day-to-day plans to get them to peak at that given day Mm. it's it's phenomenal it's crazy to think about if you if you really know what's going on behind close behind the scene it's the the amount of time and effort that goes into designing the plan that gets them to be able to peak on the platform when it counts under the lights Mm. that's that's phenomenal, man.
0: I, I, on, it, a si- on a it, side, on a side note, what is what is your opinion? Because you're, I love watching strongman. I'm, I'm a, I wouldn't say a huge follower. That I'm very into the know of strongman competitions and stuff. But the, you know, I, I know the big names. So, what is your opinion on half your the, Thor's? deadlift world record being done in a controlled setting at his gym
1: dude you know what i obviously mad respect Mm -hmm. for the fact that on video like it's confirmed it's on video it's not like because it wasn't a sanctioned event he didn't deadlift that weight, right so Mm -hmm. you have to like you have to respect that Mm-hmm. Right, like even if you're even if you're the type of guy that's like, oh, you either do it in a competition or it didn't happen. No, that's what Eddie it said. Videos, right. Eddie was, it was big. On that. Mm-hmm. It was like he. It might not have been in competition. I'll grant you that. So mm-hmm. it might not be on the record books, but the fact that it is videoed, and that weight is just a freakish amount, and you have to at least, at the very least, respect that. Yeah. So. I get both sides. I get the fact that um, when Eddie Hall did it, he was, it was like sanctioned versus Mm. when Hathor did it, it wasn't. But you Mm. cannot take away from Hathor the fact that he did it and he did it on video. So it's confirmed, you know? Freakishly
0: strong. Yeah,
1: dude. Let's just both realize, let's both take into consideration the fact that both of them are the just absolute freaks <laughs> right <laughs> it's like putting their life on the line scary. for that lift like i i, I liken it to myself the most i have ever deadlifted was when i was 240 pounds and this was at the peak of my mm. strong, like amateur strongman days mm. right mm. The most i ever deadlifted was 640 pounds and i felt like my head was about to explode. You don't at so, that weight. But that's that three three hundred kilos, effort, right? Three hundred yeah, kilos. At, around. at that level, you're you're not necessarily, and this is just my experience. I don't. I didn't feel it in muscle. I felt it in like joints, and I felt it in my head. And after, <laughs> like it was, it was. I looked at the video afterwards. I'm like, okay, that was a good lift. um Obviously, I'm not moving it with the same way I would move weights that was probably seventy percent of that with just like crisp form, but it was a good lift. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, man, it felt like my body felt like it was crumbling with that weight. But just to kind of think think about adding like 400 pounds to that (laughs) and how (laughs) heavy 400 pounds
0: feels if you're just deadlifting that. So I'm just I'm just trying to put this in European numbers. So at 640, that would be like uh, 300 kilos, right? Yeah. It's, right. So, it, yeah. but that, I mean, that's big numbers. I mean, and I was, you know, my, like I said, I'm not a strength guy and I'm a lightweight dude. I was 160 pounds heavy when I did 170 kilos deadlift. That that was my, my max. But banded, I looked like a clown, man. I, I, I had everything, belt and stuff. But at least I pulled it off. And I think the bench was my max was that. And that's when I realized, I mean, I'm not even built huge, but yeah. when, when you go to these numbers, you realize you have to grind so hard for every gram. Mm-hmm. And then somebody walks into the gym, started lifting, and he does your stuff with warm-up well, sets, you know, right? <laughs> A couple of reps, <laughs> I'm doing it for reps, bro. <laughs> and that's oh. when I realized, well, I'm not the strength guy, but I yeah. admire it because doesn't matter yeah it doesn't matter how how heavy you are and what your numbers are I think everybody if you're really into lifting everybody should undertake or it, I think it is recommended to undertake this endeavor to reach your maximum potential and okay. I believe for me it was 170 with the deadlift kilos uh, 110 kilos with the bench and I think 140 with the squat but I can't tell you what the uh, what the form was like but I mean, the deadlift is one thing. I mean, you can still drop it if if your eyeballs are falling out, right? <laughs> but but if you squat that stuff, That's, and that, I mean. wow, I heard a strongman talk about it because he was talking about he was a little bit mad about folks critiquing form, and then he said, "Listen, if you move weights on your back." that have the ability to crush your life out of existence. Yeah. You you move different, you, you're like, you play with death. You yeah. move differently, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, when you're moving heavy ass weights and I look back into some of the, like, the biggest lifts I had um, in Strongman and in powerlifting, that your, your PRs aren't always gonna look good. But Mm -hmm. they they don't have to look good. They just have to be a good lift, right?
0: A good lift, Um, right? Yeah, that's a great distinction.
1: I Mm. mean, it's easy to to pick apart. Like, if you're just watching it online, it's easy to pick apart the form. But until you've been there, I mean, I I don't want to be this guy. But, like, until you've been there, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. You mean to tell me some some 130-pound pencil neck is going to – pick apart Hathor
0: Bjornsson's lift <laughs> with a ton on, a half a ton <laughs> he lifted that <laughs> yeah. stuff and and you know so when i done. when i watched his lift it looked like he had even more in the tank and that that's that, that's kind of like scary that's like yeah this massive potential in yeah. packed into one human being i saw iron bibby on that recent strongman event he cracked the the axle press with 200, I think it was 217 kilos. I'm not quite, and, and the crazy thing, I just watched the video today. Uh, he 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 failed the first two attempts. Yeah, he did it on, yeah, he did it on his third attempt.
1: And, and he but asked. The crazy, the crazy thing is he did, like the press portion was the easiest part for him. He did yes, that effortlessly. Yes. Like the limiting factor, especially, and this is true for a lot of those axle presses because they don't rotate. Right, so wow, with those like you, you, the obviously any any Olympic lifter, they're gonna see that and be like, why is he cleaning it like that? That's just terrible. Well, it's not rotating, okay? So wow. you gotta have to like a lot of those guys, they the guys that do it the best, they they facilitate, like they they do it and they learn how to do it with assistance of their weight belt, their gut, and leaning back, and to a degree of. It looks like thoracic extension that is just unhealthy. It's, right? it's but that's it's, actually how you like they, they teach you to do it wow. when you're lifting an axle like
0: that. So So Ah, uh, that's that's the, the factor. Difficult. It's yeah. not it's not rotating. The bar I didn't know. Yeah. The bar yeah, yeah. is not rotating. Not that's what makes it difficult. It's not
1: the the width of the axle itself. Because I've actually I've got two. I've got an axle, like a two-inch axle that rotates and a two-inch axle that doesn't. And the one that, that rotates, obviously because of the grip, you can't clean and press as much. Mm-hmm. But when you have the fact that the, the two-inch axle that doesn't rotate, wow, you, you have know, to you really don't have the same form. So yeah, it's you have to do form. that. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason those guys do it that way, and it's because wow. there's no rotation. So you have to kind of like, like kind of inch it up. They, they use their weight belt. They use their gut. Like, once they get it up into what you would kind of call the rack position, I guess,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's
1: the easy part. That's why when you saw him finally get it up, he made that overhead portion of the lift look like cake, right? So it, it, the learning factor is that that clean.
0: Yeah. But that, dude, that that number is freakish. And it looks, again, again, it looks like, come on, man is that such a hassle that's what it looks like because they make it look so and uh i had i heard another strong man dude saying you know what you have to put into perspective he muscled that lift because his his technique he he's still a dime in the making because he can work on technique so imagine technique is not very good so he muscled it yeah because when i look at how eddie does it i mean eddie's press looks this is wow, it looks like it, it looks like really the form looks yes, it, when you look at it, w- without knowing the differentiating factor like what what's going on. But Eddie's looks way more technique wise, if, if I could put it like this. Yeah, cleaner, cleaner, right. But iron BB man, and then he got it up. Boom. And they say he's probably he got probably the strongest shoulders in, in strongman history. Dude, his shoulder, like if you just look at his shoulders, and I'm, I'm, look, I'm big isn't strong.
1: Strong is strong. That said, wow. Mm. Like if you look at his Mm. shoulders, man, they're, they're the size of like, like my entire lower body. It's, it's, (laughs) It's that guy is, he's huge, man. That, Mm. like what he did, that's scary. That's That's scary. And what's even scary to think about is, like you said, what's going to happen when he becomes more, of a technician with that technique, it's only a matter of time before he really figures it out and puts up numbers that, you know, just make what just he just little, did yeah. look silly.
0: It and and I love I just love watching that stuff and that's why, man, I really enjoy this conversation because it shows me like, listen, this is not about barbells versus dumbbells versus kettlebells. It it complements the only thing where I would probably say and I'd like to get your opinion then I have one last thing that I really also want to, want to get your opinion on because I don't want to take too much of your time man I really really appreciate it man oh, no,
2: dude. Um,
0: so the only thing where we could probably not take a shot at you know it's not not uh, putting something on blast but machines I'd like to hear your take let me give you mine first when it comes to machine training I believe two instances where a machine is useful. That is if you're a bodybuilder and you wanna work an area for your show, whatever that might be, or you're injured. Other than that, and that's why I believe why I think this fitness studio, this gym model is so stupid. Other than that, most people are probably better off i say most i mean there's always distinctions right then goal specific we all know but most people just want to get in shape lose weight a little bit you know you get what i'm saying they're probably better off with the human basic movements what is your take on it on machines
1: um i think you have to have a distinction between what machines you're talking about so um first off let me just say like i am 100 on board with what you're saying in that in that um when you when you talk about machines in general i think from a rehab setting Mm -hmm. you know like um Mm -hmm. when when you don't have um the ability let's say to to go through a a, a complete range of motion and um the more fundamental multi-joint movements Mm -hmm. it's imperative that you build Mm -hmm. um local strength Mm -hmm. around the joints Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's where like your isokinetic machines yep. Yep. Um, in a rehab setting, they definitely have yep. uh great value. Mm. All right. So mm. um in that situation, 100 percent machines are of value. Um as far as the other thing, like you mentioned bodybuilding, I think you then have to to go into the distinction of the different types of machines. Mm. Um some machines I, I think have some like some qualities that, that that i could get on board with mm-hmm. um you know some of the hammer strength machines yeah. that mm-hmm. allow some kind of freedom of your range of motion and mm-hmm. force a little bit more stabilization than the more set um you know path i don't want to call it a bar path but the path that the the weight moves in mm-hmm. um it's set for you based on the machine and how it's mm-hmm. it's built but some of those like hammer strength machines i've seen Allow a little bit more freedom, which put a little bit more of a a stabilizing demand on your body. Mm -hmm. But even then, Mm -hmm. if that's the case, then and if you have the ability to, then why not do a a free weight? Why
0: not do a kettlebell, a dumbbell, or a barbell? What's or or even just doing even just calisthenics, just. Yeah. air squats we do we do air yeah. squats with our clients air squat no nothing go down into a back squat knees out then upper body leans forward a strong hip hinge hold that for a second then come back up that's so taxing they're like wow i never felt these muscles so, so and and again i don't want to bash machines but the 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 thing that i'm seeing is the fitness industry the big chunk of it right the big chunk are these gym chains these chains with thousands of, of or with hundreds of studios who took a big beating last year right but gym gyms machines here you go oh you knew here you go you got the plan and you follow these machines you follow 10 10 machines yeah. so you talked about training economy that's like that's that's totally lost in that setting Nobody buys eleven machines at home, unless you have. You know, there are some, but most people. So for most people, why do we send most people down that machine path when we know most people will probably benefit from compound movements or just calisthenics or kettlebells, whatever have you, right?
1: No, I I, I agree with you. You know, but like any any, if you look at any big commercial gym, they they have what what um, most commercial gyms call the line. The line, the line yeah, like you said, like that row of different yeah.
0: machines that leg press, like if you go
1: through the entire line, you'll you'll hit every muscle. That's what that's what they're pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, I, I get their mindset with that, but I you know, I think that kind of lends to the idea that in general, I think most people that go to a commercial gym don't have any clue what they're doing and that's not a knock on them it's just not their expertise Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. that's why it comes that's why it's important for um fitness professionals to Mm. focus on outreach Mm. focus on Mm. making it a priority to educate Mm. and uh that's what's that's the the good side i think of social media Mm. and youtube and Mm. and if you're doing it positively and and intelligently Mm. you have to have like if you're gonna paint yourself as an expert you gotta be one
2: Mm.
1: don't don't be some fake ass expert Mm. like have some actual knowledge
2: Mm.
1: of how the the body works in space Mm. but um that's why i think given the fact that the vast majority of people that go to these gyms don't know what they're doing Mm. a lot of these gyms know that and have options for it you can either do a personal trainer which you know costs more money or you can just like they say follow the line fall in the line mm. do these machines and that'll give you a workout so I get why the, the the gyms do that I don't agree with it but I think more fitness professionals need to take it upon themselves
0: yeah yeah to
1: have uh, the ability to kind of go out there put put some quality yeah, that's, out why there. What, yeah, that's
0: why we do yeah that's why we do what we do man I, you know I worked in a gym and yeah. uh it, it's, I, I know it, I know how the system works. It was all about you know just getting the membership. And then you see your trainer twice a year, once you wanna sign up, and once you wanna re-sign up, right? Sign up again. So, and that's the reason why I do what I do now. It's a necessity. I was so in love with that stuff, and I thought they were doing it wrong. And then it was like, okay, well then do it yourself. So a few years later, here I go. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, what you're mentioning is, what I saw is just, economically speaking, that's what works best. Is you want folk in there who you don't have to pay a lot of wages, who just, you know, come by and that's it. You don't have to be very savvy about that stuff because if you are, then you charge more money. We, we don't want those folks. We want people who are, you know, limited in their wages. And then we have the machine the expert. So we just get those people through and then they come up with these fancy systems and they took uh, the gym that I was working they took time and attention to a whole new level until I saw through it and I was like well the only thing that you guys want with your new concept is you want your machines to stay free as as much as possible because you don't want to buy new machines because you don't want folks to do three to four sets on one machine you want them to do one set and then leave so the next person right so it's just that that cycle and because I'm maybe a little bit burned by it, I, I maybe have this emotional, uh, maybe distaste towards, not, I mean, I love machines. I, I, I still love out working out with them, but you know, you and me, we are guys, we move by ourselves, but we are a small fraction of society, right? That's what I'm seeing in the coaching. I always talk, Angie, my, my girl, I always tell, I'm like, listen, I believe we are our coaches or folks who are regularly at it are a dying breed, so to speak. Most yeah. people don't prioritize training or lifting or moving.
1: I agree with you, man. One hundred percent, you know, that's, and with social media, the way it is now, the Internet being what it is, a lot of times it's a lot of times it's the loudest and kind of the craziest trainers, if you will, that that get the most traction. Oh, man, 100%. You know, it's, it's
0: – That's the game, unfortunately. That, that, that's
1: the game. And, and unfortunately, what happens yeah. is the guys that care the most about their their development as a coach, that that humility that allows them to constantly have the mindset of, I don't know enough, I don't know enough, I yeah. need to do more. Be more of an expert. Throughout that process, um, I think that same mindset almost hurts them a little bit because they're concerned about how they will be perceived. You know, they don't have that sense of self-security, so they're afraid to share that knowledge. So what happens is the guys that are foolishly thinking that they have all the solutions when they really don't, and they're, they they might have a great physique or they might have um the the biggest loudest opinions out there they're the ones that are actually have the balls to go out there and share and guess what they're the ones that are seen as the expert that's what's up man that's why i tell bill you've got to be willing like there's 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 guys i know that are stronger um have better physiques have a better overall knowledge base than me but they're they're, they're afraid to kind of put themselves out there. Mm. And I constantly tell them like, dude, just, you owe it to not only yourself, um, you but to others out there that need your knowledge to, to share your wisdom. Right. You, and you- they, they never do. And that's what's sad because what happens is there there's, there's people looking for, for, for that stuff, for that knowledge.
0: 100 percent. they're gonna get it from those that don't know what's going on they just gonna get it from those who are sharing it it doesn't matter i mean i'm i'm that guy i don't i love cars but i know nothing i don't know nothing about what goes on under the hood so when i talk to the mechanic and he talks to me i assume that he knows what he's talking about so it's the same thing in 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 our genre and what you're saying resonates with me so much and that's what sometimes my 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 one side is telling me when I do these reviews right which are sometimes when I talk to coaches I mean and you and you you I guarantee you have the same experience when you talk to professionals and then when we take a look at some other guy like you mentioned or who's very loud and who's very in public and then we talk about it and folks be like it's crazy what these people are saying it's crazy how they demonstrate that this is how you're supposed to work with a dumbbell, barbell, machine, kettlebell. Put whatever you want in there. So then I'm like, why not say something? Not disrespectful. I, I, I always try to be as respectful as possible. Even sometimes maybe I get a little bit emotional in these reactions. But you know the YouTube game. The YouTube yeah, loves yeah. it. <laughs> but that, that's, I love, and you said this in the beginning, we owe it to society, man. Just, just if you have built up that wealth of knowledge go ahead and share it
2: yeah
0: and I you know what I do sometimes I make fun of my older videos of my older form and I'm having a blast with it and then somebody commented was like wow I couldn't even imagine doing this I would be so ashamed why it's a journey yeah it is nobody's ashamed of their child's pictures when they looked as a baby oh wow I'm so ashamed what it was a journey what do you expect (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's man. the truth, man.
0: It's the truth. And social media open up a Pandora's box, man. What social media is it's top. good and bad. It's, it's good and bad. But that's
1: that's what it is. You're not gonna change it. It's the I, wave of the future. So you can get on board and do your part to, yes. to bring some good, or you can allow the bad to kind of you know fill take that board over. And,
0: yeah, and take over. So and, TikTok is recently something that's really filled with stuff. I see it from a lot of uh, guys that I follow who sometimes critique stuff where TikTok is, is like going through the roof with with information where it's like, wow, where do you guys get that from? That's, that's insane. And then they get millions. I mean, what TikTok is so crazy is they get millions of views and it's like, well, that's average. That's average? Crazy. What? <laughs> And I, I recently saw a, a a one of the biggest influencers I forgot her name on TikTok. She got, I paraphrase the the number, but I guarantee you it's billions of likes on her uh, combined on her content. Billions of likes. That's that like, makes YouTube looks like nothing, right? Like nothing. And I work, you know, I I see I see it what you do we work so hard for these views and then somebody comes up throws up something like you mentioned then your least the video that took the least amount of effort gets pushed by by the algorithm gods you're like oh man really that one (laughs) really that one (laughs) oh it's dude man but i see we're on the same side it's it's great to share these experiences talking to somebody who's who's having these same experiences. That's, yeah,
1: that's don't, don't let it drive you insane. Yeah, because it will. If you try to like, as a business person, you try to sit there and, and do your best to, to put yourself in position to, to, to share your knowledge with a broader audience or more people rather mm. uh, to help solve more problems that they mm. need solving. Um, you can drive yourself absolutely batshit crazy Figuring out how to get more people in front of you, yeah, and yeah, it's man. especially frustrating when you see people just do like just really just dumb, silly, silly stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, it's entertaining, and then that kind of gets into the like, why are people okay. on TikTok? Yeah. Is, it, is it for entertainment or to learn something? I've always been someone like my number one focus is to teach something. Mm-hmm. If along the way there's some degree of entertainment, hey. So be it, but never lose focus of the fact that you're there to yeah. um, convey some some type wow. of solution to to people's existing problems.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if if you're gonna be that clown that just wants to fit in in that entertainment space, I'm not gonna knock you. Like it, that's that's do it's it. your, your prerogative. You do you. Um, that's just that's not me. You know, and it is frustrating at times when you see. The insane amount of traction they get, and you ask yourself, "Well, what positivity are they bringing mm. to society?" If you look at it from that perspective, then yeah, it's frustrating. But <laughs> then you got to be disciplined enough to say, "Okay, that's not that's not me. I'm going to focus on me. Yeah. Me yeah. is all about providing yeah. quality content to the people that need yeah. my solutions for their problems." Yeah, when you focus on it like that, it kind of it kind of settles and, me down and you know
0: and you know, i still believe you know when we look at these crazy numbers or how folks perform with silly stuff or crazy stuff i sometimes think at the end of the day sometimes these people are shortcutting themselves or are messing with their audience or fooling their audience and it pays i mean we're not we're not going to be on this earth for a few years it's going to be down the line a long time so i always play the long term games just a Keep, keep it up to, to, to that level that I want it to be. Yeah. And then not, you know. and you said this, so that's so awesome. Not, you know, not losing sight because sometimes I was like, well, how can I make these reactions more entertaining to get folks get more eyeballs on it? And then I'm like entertainment. Well, yes, to a certain degree. And I got this a little bit in me but still focus on what are you trying to convey? Are you just trying to make a fool of yourself and jump around in front of the camera while somebody's doing a workout? I don't think that that provides value. And that's not, like you said, that's not the folks who subscribe to you. You're not serving your audience, man.
1: Yeah, well, that's I, a lot I, of revelation. I, mean, I look at it as like, dude, I got to do my part to earn my oxygen. You know, wow. I, I'm, put on, I'm, I'm put on earth for, mm. for something and I got to serve that purpose. Mm. And, uh, Whatever yeah, might I'm a be. firm believer. If you're not doing something to kind of earn your keep, then what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> and I'll tell you this much about those guys that that will will have like the the kind of those channels on YouTube or the the TikTok accounts that just have insane amount of views. What's scary for me to think about? And I'm not like, look, like, I don't want to be the fun sponge here. Like, like I, I'm entertained by some funny stuff, but. Mm-hmm. But what scares me for their sake, number one, is they're constantly the type that I'm assuming that want to push the envelope. And my concern there is what's that next level? What's the you're next are constantly thing? trying to push the envelope. When does it become not only dangerous for you, but those that are viewing your stuff and the influence that you have over them? Because there's there's great responsibility that they might not respect that responsibility, but me personally, I do as yeah. a coach, and I know you do as well. Yeah. Like if you don't take responsibility of that and you don't respect it, what are you putting out there and what influence does that have on others that might want to be where you're at? Mm. If you're doing something that might put yourself or others in danger, that's what, that's what scares me about some Mm. of those guys, you know, Mm. if it's like honest entertainment, they're just being funny. Hey, by all means, man, you do you. But if it's something that puts people in harm's way, and if, if it's if you have a strong impression on others and you influence actions that that might harm them, especially if it's younger. Yeah, yeah. You know, the younger, younger o- yeah. that, like mm. younger audience, man, they're so impressionable and yeah. they're just looking to to do something that did that gets them some applause and some attention, that's scary to think about. And I think more about that these days because I do have a kid.
2: Yeah. yeah. You know,
1: and yeah. I, I worry about their future and what this Mm. um like social media is going to evolve in by the time he's able to um Mm. to get into that space so maybe that's just me being a parent but Mm. like i i do have a strong fundamental belief that what you do share like you you have to take responsibility of of that and the influence that it has on people and ideally it'll be something that positively impacts and positively Mm. influences people to do something that will put more good out there. Mm,
0: mm, so... 100%. Uh, hopefully,
1: that's, hopefully that's the case with uh, more people as, as these different social media outlets grow, but uh, I mean, as you, long as it, it pays to have attention, people will do dumb, and as, crazy things. 100%.
0: But, and And as long as experts who know their stuff don't speak up, not in a disparate that's what always people think It's like when I speak up, you know, I'm I'm attacking. No, 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 no. Even though you will get folks who will feel in- intensively attacked by you saying something about somebody else, even if it if it's constructive and respectful. I saw this happen on our channel so many times, and then I sometimes I went back, I was like wow, well, I have to maybe do some adjusting, which is great. But sometimes it's like some some folks are just, you say something about my coach, I'll kill you. Yeah. It's, you know, it's that, that crazy tribalism mindset. But, you know, the YouTube game, you said it. I think there's one sentence that really puts it in perspective, what you just said, and that goes, anything for the gram. People are putting any, everything and anything out there just to stand out And with it comes this. With the audience comes this huge responsibility. Where where at the end of the day, like you said it, what you share, people will care about what you share. So, and and then you don't pay no second thought about it. But people down the line who really admire you, they they will go nuts trying to figure out what you just said.
1: Yeah.
0: And man, I think we could go hours on end with oh, yeah, that, that stuff, that's,
1: but, that's, that's, dude, you can get, you can do a deep dive into that. Deep one, dive sure.
0: into it. Yeah. But, and, gosh. and you know what? Somebody said, um, uh, somebody said, and then I'd like to get your final note on this last topic. Uh, somebody said, the reason why social media seems so messed up is because it's so new. It's like when aviation started and planes started crashing, that's yeah. because it was so new, and social media. I think we're trying to figure it out somehow, and that's why it's 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 left and right. It's it goes it goes nuts sometimes, and yeah.
1: Yeah, man. But it's, it's crazy. It, what's crazy is, is, and it's scary to think about what it's going to evolve into. Yeah. You know, we're already where it's going. See, we're already starting to see kids that are like depressed and scary things like that. It's just it's it's so sad you know, like the bullying and stuff like that, that, that's, and like, like I said, that, that's a different, you know, topic altogether. But, um, like, I, I just hope that, you know, people use it as a positive platform, mm. use it to, to share positive things that will positively impact. Mm. That's what I, I, all I can control is, is my, you know, like what I share and hopefully people will take that and, um, kind of run with it and do mm. the same as a coach that's what i hope i um impart on people with my wisdom you know but Mm. ultimately i mean any time where in the situation it pays to have attention people are going to do whatever it takes yeah whatever whatever it is and what's scary is is what they will do for that yeah so
0: and you know listening to you talk and i just would like to end this on this high note because it's uh it's i see this pattern when I talk to you, is that you talk from a perspective of empathy. I think that's what many people, that's just what I'm seeing on the surface, what some professionals and experts might lack sometimes. Just, you know, seeing the beginner's mindset or seeing folks who are just scared to, to even engage with the kettlebell, or to even engage with you or, or write a comment because they think they will get bullied and, and and destroyed in the comment section that's why i think that a coach one of the greatest cues because knowledge is something that you can attain when, when when you dig deeper but empathy is something that you really have to develop from your heart it's you know what the mouth speaks what the heart is full of right so i that's what i love man when i'm talking to you it's and that's where we totally connect because i have this empathetic viewpoint as well that I sometimes even have to you know put a doorstop on it because otherwise I'm I'm gonna be sending messages all night trying to help people all night or trying to mm. and, and sometimes you have to really realize people have the right to not change
1: yeah
0: and you as a coach have to be fine with it yeah that's hard and that's yeah, I mean, one, of the, one
1: of the like carrying on with it, like one of the fundamental mindsets I have to have to, to really check myself and what I've always had is, you know, the the idea that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I think like running with that, I think back to when I was hungry for knowledge, when I didn't know anything, when I was young, and the people that helped me mm. without getting anything in return. I owe it to to them and to others that are hungry for knowledge. Um. To, to share and impart my wisdom with them, mm. like the, the whole idea of paying it forward, like dude, like that's why I, I wish there was more time in the day because I would, I, I I would message more people back and and I try to do my absolute best to to respond to anyone that has um, a comment, question, or mm. concern, and um, you know ultimately as as things grow, it becomes more and more it, difficult. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: But yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I yeah. always try to maintain that humility and remember that yeah. they're probably coming from a stance of not knowing, but having a an eagerness to know. Mm. And I think back to all the coaches that helped me when they didn't have to, when they had absolutely nothing to gain by helping me, but chose to do so anyway, likely mm. because when they were in that position, when they were in their younger uh, more kind of green and novice years as well. So, um, yeah, I think when, when it comes down to it, you know, the, the thing that helps the most, uh, with, with your growth as a coach is, is maintaining that empathy, making sure mm-hmm. that you always to rem- like always remember to care about those people that need your help and to mm-hmm. do what you can, mm-hmm. everything you can to help them. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know? and that's, uh, unfortunately, when you are that type of person it kind of it kind of pulls away from the attention that you need to give yourself
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah and you have to be careful with this yeah
1: yeah and yeah. you have to guard it to an extent
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know you kind of have to kind of put your own mask on first as they say mm-hmm. in in um you know whenever you're traveling but yeah. yeah um you have to uh you have to maintain that because the second it seems like It's more about self-serving, more about serving yourself than Mm. others. Mm. People will pick up on that. People have an innate ability to pick up on the fact that you care more about yourself than them. And the second that becomes the case, your qualities as a coach start to deteriorate. Mm. I never, like I always, Mm. more than anything as a business owner, I want to see myself as a coach. I want Mm. to see myself as someone that navigates Them from where they are to where they ideally want to be. Yeah, and that means caring about them. Yeah, serve as
0: a guy post. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I I, yeah you said it best. Like you have to have empathy. One hundred percent.
0: And you know what the empathetic viewpoint is. Sometimes I look at it and I'm seeing well thousands of views means these are all groups of people. These are all individuals, and that sometimes I think when you are a personal trainer caring for the person that's that switch mentality that i have to have that's sometimes it's like it's two personalities it's serving the bigger audience on youtube and then serving the personal training client you cannot match these two you cannot use the personal training mentality on thousands of people you have to use some chunks of it and make it somehow applicable but then you can't use that generalization on the personal training client which is which is crazy but I mean that's you you said it and I say too I love what I do and and just being able you mentioned it briefly as well this life-changing experience we had just one of our clients she lost 20 pounds with the help of her sister who went through our coaching so she who lost 20 over 20 pounds didn't spend a dime on our coaching. She was able to profit from her sister who took our philosophy, and that's powerful stuff. Yeah, and that's that's the impact that 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 you're having, which which is so fulfilling. And and man, it's you really, I mean, you can't put a price tag on that,
1: man. You know, it's it's and it's if you don't get like goosebumps. About the positive impact of, of the the, li- the truly life changing results you get from these clients. I think about some of the life changing results when you have mm. stories of mm. people losing, you know, fifty plus pounds and them being able to play with their kids,
0: yeah, without having to yeah. take a time out. Like that's the type yeah, of stuff when you really the- think about it, man. That that's what it's Not, all yeah. about. Not being you know, recognized on the streets. And we're like, people don't even know me no more. Having to buy new set of clothes and everything. Yep. And, and yeah, it's, it's, and on YouTube, I think maybe you see the same on YouTube. It's, we get, I mean, we talked about the hateful comments, but on YouTube, I get, I get so many enlightening, beautiful comments where I learn massive stuff. Where it's like, I'm digging through that stuff, I'm reading it and I'm like, wow, that's, that's... And then I see these guys replying to each other, and then they're helping out each other. It's, it's just beautiful. I fun. think, I think that's the, co- that's the guy who's in front of the camera, the gal who's in front of the camera, that makes the audience, that responds to it, right? Yeah. And
1: eventually, I know you notice it too, at this point, like the positivity is definitely going to drown out the negativity. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and 100%. whenever
1: they, they, whenever like the negative commenters, the haters, the trolls, whatever you want to call them, whenever they realize they're not going to get their desired response, they, they fade away. Yeah. All they're looking for is a response. So the second they realize they're not going to get one, they fade away. And what you have is you, you've cultivated a, a community of people mm. that thrive. Yeah. You know, they yeah. thrive on your content, they thrive yeah. on each other and there's each other. that, that yeah. sense of there's that yeah. sense of community that allows them to all level up they lean on each other and it's that's when you have something that that's that's really truly amazing yeah. you know and like dude i trust me i see it on yours like you're like it's you are you are right there man i i'm telling you, that's I, awesome I, man really I, I truly believe like your your frequency Consistency of, of like I said, the quality content, dude. Like think think back of how long it took me just to get I think back this today, uh, how long it took me to get to like ten thousand subscribers. Mm-hmm. You want to put like a like a um like a number on it. Mm-hmm. It took me longer to get from zero to ten thousand subscribers than it took me to get from like forty thousand to a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. You no, know? and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't by dissecting like we talked about earlier about what's going to get me the most views. It was about listening to my audience, mm-hmm. you know, saying, Hey, what do you want from me? How mm-hmm. can I best serve you?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And once I finally listened and tuned into that, once I started focusing exclusively mm. on providing them the help that they were asking mm. for, mm. once I just leaned into that, the rest took care of itself. I see you've done that from day one. So if that's the case, man, dude. Trust me. I, I honestly, this is my honest opinion. Like, I, I know for a fact you're going to surpass what I've done with your influence, your expertise. And it's just, I mean, it's just a matter of of like having all, that that mindset of, um, just all gas, no brakes, man. You know, all. 100% gas no of what, you, dude. You know, one hundred percent of what you're doing. Who you're serving, and like I see it, I see it on an everyday
0: basis. Uh, I see uh, you
1: doing that, and it's,
0: dude. And I really appreciate it, man. (laughs) I've lost the words, man. (laughs) I really appreciate it coming from you, from somebody who's been in the game for so long. Truly, truly appreciate it. I mean, I mean, and you know your kettlebell stuff as well. And um, wow, it's, general. It's been, it's been, it's been an awesome. What is it? Two hour.
1: Yeah, I mean, Almost,
0: it's great <laughs> it's, man. I really, really enjoyed it. I think uh, the audience, our are, are, are people, is gonna like it, and because it's just you know, I I do believe in in talking to each other. I, I do also believe in in giving each other feedback in a in a respectful way, and and I believe in just pushing pushing kettlebells. The the, the I mean, Pavel paved the way, and and I think we, the younger ones are, are maybe taken over from the older ones with that new medium, which I enjoy doing. So it was very enlightening, man. I, I, a lot of points. I, I'm always, I'm always taking a lot of notes, man, because oh, talking, yes. talking well. to guys like you, it's, it's, and, and then, you know, the beautiful thing about it is when I go into the editing process, I hear it all again,
2: yeah.
0: and then it sticks even more. So Chandler, I do, Appreciate your time 100 as a family oh, thank, man as a businessman. For having me on, man, it's been great. I
1: like I said, I've been watching your stuff for a while now, and uh, man, been awesome. it's been awesome.
0: Awesome. We gotta do it again sometime. We will do it again. Um, I'll send you everything once it's done, and uh, you can just use the same link. And then maybe in a month's time or so, we because that's we have this recurring theme with almost everybody that joins the podcast. It's like, hey, man, let's let's talk again, because. It's just sharing and you know talking to experts amongst each other. That's just—it's such a beautiful thing because I mean, you maybe get the same vibe when you're always teaching. It is a beautiful thing, but sometimes it may be draining a little bit. Yeah. But when you talk to somebody who is able to teach you and you're yeah. listening, it's it it's refilling you.
1: Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Like it's it's nice to, to kind of talk with peers within the the, the community itself. Yeah. It's like. I think we're still, uh, as as a kettlebell community, we're still, I don't want to say very niche, but like it's growing. And I yeah. think,
0: yeah. like
1: you mentioned, like Paul Bell kind of carried the torch and now it's like, he's kind of like, as he gets older and we're entering a phase where social media is taking off. Yeah, We, we yeah. owe it to people like him that kind of paved the way yeah. to carry yeah. the torch and yeah. to influence more people. And yeah. I think the experts in the field need to lean into that responsibility and and kind of work together. I think that that's going to be the best way moving forward to improve the influence and the growth wow. of uh, of this fabulous tool.
0: Wow. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's been my pleasure. 100%. My pleasure. I appreciate what you said. It's a, it is a responsibility. That goes even further. I'm always trying to push folks like Luca or Kat to – to increase their content. But now, next time I'm, I'm chatting to these folks, I'll be like, listen, Chandler said, it's your responsibility, so you better stand up. now." <laughs> Thank you for watching. If you enjoyed the video, like it, consider subscribing if you wanna see more kettlebell content. And if you're looking for a kettlebell program that builds you up from a beginner to a slowly advanced trainee in the course of about three months, and you maybe wanna combine it with some easy to follow nutrition coaching, because maybe, you want to lose weight or you want to get in shape then check out 90 days of kettlebells you'll find the link in the description 14 day free trial included